RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. I like to keep my Tuesday nights free because maybe my Star Trek pals want to stop by and talk a little Trek with us. It's Mission Log Live. I'm John Champion. And I'm Ken Ray. Yes, it is Mission Log Live. When you and John and I get together to talk Trek, uh, you know, Star Trek. We like to say Trek because we're ITK, which of course means in the know, but you probably KT. Anyway, what we do is we bring on a guest, we ask them questions, then you get to ask them questions as well. But to do that, you, of course, have to join us and ask the questions. You can do that a couple of ways. First of all, you can click on the Zoom meeting, or you can use the one tap from your smartphone. You can also call us, you know, if you like doing the call thing, 646-558-8656 is the phone number to call, 646-558-8656. Then you enter the meeting code that you'll find in the show description and the comments. Then you can be a part of all this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Joining us this week is Crystal Starr. I'm very excited. Um, I, I, I have spoken to Crystal. I'm sure she doesn't remember. It was a couple of years ago, but we talked in Vegas. I know you've been hanging out a, a bit and uh, and talking to Crystal as well, John. Yeah, I, I don't remember. Did we hang out, uh, Ken, in Vegas, you and I? Uh, uh, I don't. I, I really don't like to spend time with you in person. Yeah, I know. I know. But yeah, uh, Crystal was in L.A. recently. We had a good chat about Trek stuff, which uh, definitely I felt like needed to be shared with the Mission Log audience. So a lot of Trek talk coming up, Crystal, in a moment. Yeah. Um, now. Let's say hello to our friends very quickly who are joining us online. Always nice to see our friends. There's Dave. There's Carlos. There's Jason. There's uh, David. Not to be confused with Dave. I don't want to make that mistake ever. Uh, There's Paul. There's uh, uh, Ian. There's Donna. Albert. Just so many people saying hi. Hi, Chuck. He says hi, everyone. Hi back to you, Chuck. And hi to Wes, who says hi. Well, specifically to me and you, Ken. See, Chuck is saying hi to everybody. Wes is like just saying hi to us. I applaud both of those, honestly, because on the one hand, I'm like, yeah, good for you, Chuck, include everyone. And I'm like, good for you, Wes, because, you know, Mm -hmm. I like when people say hi to me specifically. Right. (laughs) So thank you, as always, to everyone who is watching live on Facebook or on YouTube. And thank you to the people who are watching the video later as well. Finally, thanks to the people who are listening to the audio-only version of the show. It's not just about this show, though. The Roddenberry Podcast Network is a network of podcasts. Funny how those names work like that. Available at podcast.roddenberry.com. So you got Mission Log, you got Mission Log Live, you have the Trek Files, Women at Warp and Priority One. Collect them all at podcast.roddenberry.com. And finally, please, we have very fragile egos that need to be stroked. So wherever and whenever you're watching or hearing this show, head to the source, hit like, hit share, write a review or give us five stars, share the love. Look, love is more than just holding hands. It's also sharing your favorite shows. Paul McCartney said that. Don't know if you knew that, Ken. Is that off Egypt Station or whatever his new album is? It might, it might be. It could be. Or did you just say that was something that Paul McCartney said okay, one time? Okay, I just said it was something All that right. Paul McCartney said at one time because hey. I happen to like Paul McCartney. Yeah, dude, it's very current. He had a number one album last week for the first time in over 30 years. That's I'm not, And I'm not making fun. Yeah, well, yeah. They, it, it raises a debate about um, you know streaming music versus buying music, but we can talk about that some other time. Mm-hmm. Instead, why don't we talk about some stuff that we have upcoming because... Um, you know, we're here in this reality and this reality is cool, but yeah. sometimes we like to go into the virtual reality as well. In fact, we are doing that uh, this weekend or no, not this weekend in a couple of days, excuse me, Thursday, mm-hmm. 27th of September. And we're bringing a Star Trek luminary with us. Uh, Doug Drexler is going to be, well, you got to spend time again with Doug today or no, yesterday, <laughs> right? Running yeah. around the Nexus. No, did yeah. he? Did he take in any one thing in particular? Maybe a couple of things in particular. Did anything grab his attention, or was he just was he as frenetic as I would imagine he might have been? Yes, and more. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, uh, Doug. It, it's sort of like it, the proverbial kid in a candy shop. That that is Doug. And uh, I kept saying, like, Hey, is there one thing here? Or a couple of things you want to focus on? He was like, And then there's that. And then there's that. And then, and I worked on that. And I worked, so that is the kind of night I expect on uh, Thursday when we have Doug in the Nexus. And uh, I can't wait. 
I can't. So wait. that's going to be uh, a day after tomorrow for people who are listening live, or tomorrow for people who are listening tomorrow, or day or today rather for people <laughs> who are listening today a uh, day after tomorrow. I'll get all that right at some point. 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern is when that'll happen. That is in uh, the Roddenberry Nexus in Sansar, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. And then we jump ahead two weeks to the 11th of October when we are going inside Star Trek. Oh, you got your uh, you got your John Champion. You got your Rod Roddenberry. You got your Ken Ray. All three of us are going to be there. So uh, back in the mid-70s, uh, Gene Roddenberry didn't have a TV show on the air. He had a couple of pilots and things like that. But, you know, he was like, he was into this project. He was into that project. And one of the projects that he had was an album that he recorded called Inside Star Trek. Uh, some of this was Gene Roddenberry sort of uh, exploring some big ideas. Some of it was actors playing characters um, from Star Trek. And this album sort of exists. And yet, you know, a lot of people don't know about it. So Rod had this idea. He was like, why don't we go through? We'll each pick out one or two tracks that, you know, appeal to us in particular. We'll play it for people on Sansar and then we'll chat it up. So that is happening on the 11th of October. And again, we sort of like that time, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, That is Thursday, the 11th of October. So, you know, uh, circle that right now on your calendar. And remember, if you have the whole headset thing, if you've got an Oculus Rift or an HTC Vive, Uh, You can come in and you can walk around and you can pick stuff up and you can sort of be in that space. If, on the other hand, you have a computer that runs as far back as Windows 7, does have to be a Windows machine. But if you have a computer that runs as far back as Windows 7, you can go to sansar.com. You still need to make an account. You still need to make an avatar, but it doesn't cost you anything to do that. And then then you can be there for it as well. So it would be really fantastic if we had a lot of people turning up for that, uh, both for Doug uh, on Thursday, the 27th of September, and then for the uh, discussion around Inside Star Trek. Because the last thing there, kind of like this show, we want it to be a discussion with everyone. It's not going to be Rod plays a thing, Rod says what he wants to say about it, and then we move on. Rod's going to play the track that interests him. He'll talk about why it interests him. And then whoever's in the room, you know, uh, be part of that discussion, make that discussion happen, actually. Otherwise, it's going to be a really boring time of just watching us stand around and talk. <laughs> By the way, uh, Dave was asking in the chat just now if the Sansar event will be recorded so you can watch it later. And yeah, uh, apparently everything is captured on Twitch. And Not, uh, not no? everything is captured on Twitch. No, I was really, oh, I was hoping... Everything. I was hoping that we could actually show round one of the trivia that happened a couple of weeks ago. And unfortunately, somebody forgot to hit record. So it doesn't happen automatically. But uh, for big events like this, uh, for Inside Star Trek and for for Doug coming in, we'll we'll definitely make sure to have that recorded so that either people can watch it later or, I mean, ideally, I would love to turn it into an audio thing that gets thrown up as an extra as well. Because, well, just as many places as we can get out good content, that's something I would like to do. No worries. All right. So uh, as we do every week, we like to ask a poll question. Now, last week we had Kevin Dilmore on and we were talking about his work with Hallmark and then uh, among many other things. But Hallmark is something that he is known for. And uh, we asked you, how much geek is on your Christmas tree? Is it less than a quarter? Is it more than a quarter? Less than a quarter, 61% of you. More than a quarter, 39% of you. I think I firmly fall into that 39% uh, that is more than a quarter geek on my Christmas tree. Um, but, you know, things change. Might, might have to move some ornaments around. Might have to just do a geek-dedicated tree than another tree that's the non-geek. Uh, Ken, you're, you're less than a quarter, right? Uh, yeah, but only because I have a whole bunch of like little glass ornaments that I put. You almost can't see there's a tree at my tree by the time I'm done, John. Wow. Wow. So yes, it's less than a quarter. Although if I put, if I put in as many uh, ornaments as humans do, then it might be, <laughs> uh, might be right. about that more than a quarter. Um, uh, for this week's, uh, poll question, by the way, cause of course we do have one every week, uh, to cosplay or not to cosplay that is the question for this week. Look, if you don't cosplay, there's absolutely no shame in it. And if you do cosplay, there's absolutely no shame in it. Uh, John's got that ripped shirt Kirk thing that he does. I did a cosplay one time actually with John, although uh, it was really more about the props than it was about the costume. I think the costume (laughs) was easy, which is pretty much why I chose it. I thought, oh, well, this will be easy. And then I spent so much time on the props. I might as well have made a good costume. 
But the question to you is uh, to cosplay or not to cosplay. Currently, uh, it's 62% cosplay, 38%. No, no cosplay for me, thanks. Uh, so uh, the poll, by the way, is happening. It happens until next week's show, honestly. So vote like the poll depended on it, won't you? <laughs> so, and by the way, in that poll question, uh, you might notice that in the cosplay picture, the person who's peeking out from behind the flag wearing the Starfleet uniform, well, that would be none other than our guest. See, sometimes we like to theme those polls to our guests, and that is, in fact, our guest, Crystal Starr, who you mentioned being partly known among many things, but partly known for cosplay. So why don't we just go ahead and welcome Crystal onto the show. Crystal, how are you tonight? I am doing so good. How are you guys? Very good. Very good. Our rooms are not about to catch on fire like yours. (laughs) So uh, if there's an emergency at any point during the show, you just get up and leave if you have to, okay? Will do. All right. Endangered at (laughs) all. I'm really careful with these, though. I'm very responsible with my fire. I, I, I believe in it. All right. Uh, hey, so uh, first questions first. You know, we'd like to ask everybody who comes on the show, kind of what is their Trek story? What brought them to Trek fandom? And uh, I, I know that we'll, we'll land there eventually, but I do want to hear about your, your first exposure to Trek. Uh, so give, give us the rundown. So I don't really remember a time without it. Uh, my parents divorced when I was two. And every Wednesday I got, you know, was dad's night with me and we always watched either a TOS episode or a TNG episode. And then we played rainbow bright board game afterwards. Uh, so good balance, good balance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I've, you know, for, as long as I can remember, I've just, the characters have been there. Um, they've just existed. But I remember in high school, um, my dad would, you know, on Friday or Saturday when I had girlfriends come over, he would buy everyone pizza and food. And I think I would have like, you know, four or five girlfriends for the night, almost every weekend, it seems. And we would watch one episode, but one episode could last like two hours because my dad would continuously like rewind or pause. If anyone got up for a drink and walked in front of the TV, we'd have to like rewind that scene. Um, And he would always explain the significance of like the political um, voice behind Star Trek. Uh, And he'd be like, do you guys know why this and this is happening? And he was like, do you know why it was so interesting that Chekhov was, you know, part of the crew during the cold war. And like, he just, you know, was so, you know, I I think I learned more about politics through Star Trek um, and kind of like, you know, how to treat others, I guess, in that time. So what's funny is that my dad and I actually, you know, we've got the, TOS box set. And so we're rewatching it again. And so maybe like once every other week, my dad will come over and we'll do, you know, we'll do a Trek night. So we still, the tradition still goes on. (laughs) And does he still uh, pause it and explain to you why it's important? Yes. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm serious. Cause he's like, do you remember? And if I can't remember, if I cannot tell him, um, yeah, I get a, get another history lesson. <laughs> well, so, now, now, wait a minute. I, first of all, th- this sounds like it could absolutely ruin Star Trek for you. If you're, I mean, if you're like eight, that, that, that might be uh, so the, the a, a pausing, way to keep you off the pausing, the pausing didn't really start until I was in junior high, high school. Um, before okay. then, it, we would just watch it together um, and then, you know, the the, expl- the explanation behind everything started in junior high, high school. And it was like always when I had friends over. So it was just, it was really embarrassing um, because my dad was known as like the Trek dad. And, you know, if you go into our living room, it's just, I never knew what to get my dad for any holidays. So I would just get him Trek memorabilia. And so um, actually while I was at the studio with you, um, mm-hmm. I was waiting outside with all your collectibles we have a lot of those. Um, <laughs> we have a lot of those. And I was taking pictures and sending it to my dad. And I was like, look, we have a lot of these. Um, so yeah, yeah. The the living room is, yeah, my dad's just known as like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what stuck? You, you said that, you know, from, from those times being a teenager and watching with your dad, that uh, it was the political messages, the social messages, uh, all the, the stuff. This sounds like what we do on Mission Log. 
which is to analyze an episode and talk about it and figure out what's the heart of the show. So what, what stuck with you either in terms of messages or in terms of episodes, if there are particular stories that, that just really resonated with you? You know, honestly, I think it was, I think one of the biggest things, especially with like TNG, we're seeing, like, I loved Troy. Like, she was just, um, she was like everything to me. And, and Crusher, I just, I felt like I could really be whatever I wanted to be. And um, having, you know, having those women to kind of look up to were just, honestly really great for me um and i don't know i don't know if it's like one thing that like really really like stuck out i think that it's a very big collective piece just because i've had so many hours i don't like there's not just like that one single time um or that one single episode they're just i mean how many episodes of star trek are there there's so many um so i don't know i think it was just an overall sense of like calming like a, a very it, it like it brought me peace because I think is what it did for me a lot. Like it was, you know, whatever happened during the day, you could Star Trek would just kind of be that nice, calming. Everything's going to be OK at the end of the episode. Like we're going to get into some trouble but at the end of the episode. It's all going to make sense. So I don't know if there's like one particular episode for me, really. Six four six five five eight eight six five six is the phone number to call. Six four six five five eight eight six five six. You can join our Zoom meeting, or you can use the one tap from your smartphone, or you can just pick up the phone and call six four six five five eight eight six five six. If you want to share your Star Trek memories, if you want to be, talk about your cosplay stuff, because we do have the poll going as well. Um, yeah, just call in and talk. It's your Star Trek pals talking. We'd love for you to join us. I. <laughs> There, there are a couple of things I wanted to ask you about. Okay, so you say it's sort of like a like a calming, sort of like a like a warmth to it. I'm wondering is I mean, is there a particular? Is that just TOSTNG? Is that oh, I know this episode like the back of my hand. So even if it's like one of the darkest episodes of any series, you're like oh, but I know these characters and I know how this goes. I mean, is yeah. it? I think I think I think the uh, so for me, Star Trek is extremely important to my life because because of the time shared with who I watched it with. So mm-hmm. because my father was like always there when I watched it, I think I, I think I think that might have a lot to do with it as well. Like just knowing that like my dad's in the room and these characters like I feel like that has a huge part of it. Um because I don't feel that way with Voyager or um you know Enterprise. I, I just I don't have that. Um but I watched, you know, TOS TNG and I'm I'm actually showing my dad um, Deep Space Nine right now because he just like he didn't really watch it. He, um, for whatever reason, he just never really did. So, uh, so that this is really fun. I, I love, I love watching Deep Space Nine with my dad. We it's on Netflix, so we're kind of just taking it slow. We're on season four, I think, together. So. Okay, no, no spoilers because we're only up to like season what two point we're like the yeah, eighth episode of season two right oh, now. Oh, so okay, not, no, no spoilers. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I appreciate that because I hear it's there like might a be a war or something. <laughs> Some uh, kind of war, me. maybe. <laughs> well, yeah, whatever. It's yeah, but I mean, it's interesting. So it's interesting that you guys are finding new Star Trek, and that actually leads me to another Star, question Star that I'm curious about. New Star Trek. Well. Well, new, new for him, though. I mean, seriously, he never really watched it before. But it does make me wonder about, like, truly new Star Trek. Like, I won't watch it with my dad. The, 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 yeah, the new Star Trek, the Discovery. Discovery, yeah. So, I, it, well, we, we talked about this, and I, and yeah. I want you to talk about why, because Don't quite honestly, this, <laughs> no, 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 look, this is something that, that Ken and I talked about on the show, and we got a lot of feedback and a lot of comments from listeners who, who felt very strongly one way or the other. And honestly, I, I keep going back and forth about uh, certain elements of Discovery that, that might drive some people away. I, I want you to express your take and, and don't hold back uh, because it's I, your experience and your opinion. Okay. So for me, um, I actually used to be a teacher for adults with special needs and I use Star Trek to kind of teach um, a couple of lessons. And I, I knew that even if I hadn't seen an episode in a decade <laughs> or more that I could always 
trust that Star Trek would be okay to show my classroom. And um, with Discovery, I cannot do that. Um, With Discovery, I personally would not feel comfortable watching at least two of the episodes with my father. Um, I, you know, there's the, the massive sex scene and I'm saying massive. It's, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, it's not that bad, but, but to children and to share with family members, um, it, it is a lot. It is rated R. And I think that it really taints the like Star Trek franchise. Cause for me, Star Trek is so, so deeply rooted into my family and the way I was brought up. And so to have a Star Trek that's so dark and sexual um, is honestly, I I was really sad. And when I heard Captain Tilly use the F-bomb, like honestly, just a little piece of my heart broke because I was so team Tilly. And uh, uh, when that happened, just a lot I had a lot of emotion inside me that was just like this isn't right this isn't Star Trek like no it's just it's it's so very muddied now um and again it's it's a great sci-fi show um it's in no means bad uh it's just not the Star Trek it's not my Star Trek um it's not the Star Trek that I have like such respect and love for in my heart. It's, um, it, it just, it, it's just another sci-fi show. Um, I, I want you to expand on something that you were just saying though, as we kind of passed over that you were talking about how you work for a long time with adults with special needs Yes, and you would use Star Trek as a learning tool. And, and I, I really want to focus on that because I'm, I'm so curious as to what that was like, what the experience was like, what, what you were using within the shows and what that led you to with them. Because I, I think that's a, a part of this key element, part of your reaction to new Star Trek, how you can't use that the same way you did the other shows. Okay. So, um, so yeah, I actually started a thing called Comic Club at my possibilities where I taught for a while and we would meet every Friday morning for about an hour, an hour and a half, about an hour. And, um, we would use different sci-fi franchises to do lessons. And some of the lessons I used from Star Trek were, um, let me think that the needs of the many, um, outweigh the needs of the few. So we talked about that with a lot of the rules and like why we have rules, why rules are important, and I could, you know, I could just kind of go and pull up clips from Star Trek that kind of outlined little pieces of that. Um, uh, you know, when we would we would do outings with our club as well. Um, so we did like Comic Cons and we went to we used to go to a comic shop down the street that was gracious enough. I, I talked them into opening it out two hours early on Fridays just so my class could come. Um it was great. And we brought donuts and stuff. But we, we did the, you know, boldly go where no, no one has gone before. And we talked about how exploration and even vacations and self-exploration and, you know, filling your days with like adventure and laughter and love and exploration is so important and why humans do these things and why it's important for humans to do these things and, and you know, what all of these things can do to benefit them. And so I had each one of them kind of write or draw if they, if they weren't um, capable of writing um, pictures of, you know, places they would boldly go. So that was a whole deal. And it was a homework assignment that I took home with, or they had them take home and bring back. Um, And then um, we talked about, you know, expressing, expressing your emotions in like a healthy way. And we use Spock a lot and we had, you know, got a, I had a big poster of Spock and now it's in my living room. It's this gorgeous picture of Spock and it's a silhouette. Um, it's an actual photograph of Leonard Nimoy and it has a trickle tear that's just ever so slightly caught. And it's just the most beautiful poster in my house. I think, um, I think it's from like 19, I don't remember. Uh, but anyways, so it we sounds talked, like the 70s thing. I'm, I'm certain it was definitely 70s. It was definitely <laughs> okay. 70. I didn't know what year. Um, but um, but, you know, we talked about, you know, Vulcan emotion and human emotion and how how it's OK to share emotion and how that's just a part of us that's, you know, deeply embedded into our our being. And, um, you know, we we tried to do a class 
this was hilarious. We tried to do a class without any emotion. So, and then we talked about robots and stuff like that. So they were having a great time pretending not to have emotion and pretending to be robotic and or Vulcan. And um, it was, it was really fun. And I think, um, I think one of my favorites was the, um, you know, the most, the most powerful thing in the universe is friendship. And so we, you know, I wanted to, I wanted them to, uh, to watch little clips of, I, I, I use TOS for this, but like, Jim and Spock and having, you know, their and, and, you know, bones and just like the little one-offs that they would say. And I would, you know, talk to them about, um, you know, why are your friends important? Would you save your friend if this alien was attacking them? And, you know, uh, so it was really fun. Oh, one, I think one last one. Um, so I had a student, uh, Tito, and he's actually writing his own comic right now and he's getting notarized and I'm just so proud of him. Um, but he has, um, a really hard time speaking when he gets nervous. So he kind of like shuts down and I got him to, I actually, when I was there, I had Fox four interview him for one of the events that we had going on. And I told him, you know, don't get, you know, when, when you start to get nervous, Think of Captain Kirk. He has long pauses and he has to think before he speaks. And so, um, you know, I told him that it's okay to have these long pauses, but not too long. You want to make sure that they're, you know, but it's okay to stop and breathe and then finish. And I I talked about how, you know, how Kirk was so, you know, influential and how, you know, his, he, his, the way, you know, his way of speaking is, uh, you know, nationally known and it's, it's, it's wonderful and people absolutely love it. And I told him that if you could just break your pauses down like that, you'd be good. So I think, I think he got a really big kick out of that. Um, and we practiced talking like Jim for a little while before his Fox for interview. And, um, and he did really good. He did really, really good for the interview. So you taught somebody to speak like William Shatner for public speaking. That, that's um, the mind boggles. Yeah. I, I the mind melts. Great. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well done. Well done. It helped him. It worked. Yeah. I want to remind people again, uh, 646-558-8656 is the phone number to call. 646-558-8656. Or you can click on the Zoom meeting or you can use the one top from your smartphone. I don't want to... I want to follow up on the question I asked you a few minutes ago, and I don't want to, I'm not looking for anybody to bash anything that is being produced today. I'm curious though uh, about your dad and switching away from discovery um, and you as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on the uh, uh, Chris Pine, Zachary, Zachary Kinto? Like what about what's going on in the movies right now? So I am going to be really honest with you. I, I haven't, I haven't seen the last film. Oh. Um, yeah, I'm a <laughs> I'm a bad fan. I no, you're not a no. I didn't, no, no, no. Like, I didn't like the one before. I just oh, I don't okay. know. Okay, see, no, 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 I'm so I'm I'm so excited for you though because there's this really good Star Trek movie out there that you haven't seen, and that's kind <laughs> of. I mean, I wish yeah. I wish I had that. I mean, and and I'm not. Whatever. I, honestly, I think you'd I think you'd be pleased with that one. And you know, if you want to fast forward to the motorcycle bit, I understand that too because okay. that bothered a lot of people. So, is your? I mean, it's weird that we're talking about your dad so much, but I mean, it's interesting because you're still no. But I mean, you're you still have an active sort of relationship with him with Star Trek. I mean, there's so many people oh, that yeah. we talked to. Like we had a, we had a we had a guest on uh, I guess a couple of months ago now who said it was always the thing that his older brother watched, but they don't, they don't have that active relationship today as far as, you know, we're watching Star Trek or things and you guys still are. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm curious, like where you all are also obviously of different generations. What, like what, what's his feeling on the stuff that's happening in the movies? Does he do the sort of, uh, it's not Star Trek thing or does he give it all a chance and, and decide as he goes? You know, I have not watched any of the new movies with my dad. Um, I think I go to the movie theater with my dad like once a year. Um, we we have such a beautiful home theater. I don't know <laughs> why, why I go. Um, but um, I mean, he 
he doesn't seem to be particularly interested in any of the newer films. Mm. Um, we have def like all the stuff seventies and eighties good to go. Um, we've got, you know, I've got all the movie posters. I think, I think almost all of them in my living room. Um, yeah, my house is just total Star Trek, Star Wars. It's like big battle throughout the entire house. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I don't know. It's a good question. I, I would love to watch the new films with him and rewatch some of the other ones. Uh, but yeah. yeah. Skip the I, middle one if you want to. It's fine. But, yeah. but seriously. What was the title of that one? Maybe that's uh, the one I saw and I was like, eh. Into <laughs> Darkness. Into yeah. Darkness. Yes, was the one into before, Darkness. So um, that, that one just like, I don't know. It was a good no, no. sci-fi. Oh, I know. Movie. It just like, it wasn't my Star Trek. So. Oh, I know. Definitely um, in fact, Crystal, I'm just going to say, give it about nine and a half years before you watch Beyond, and then you can come be a guest on Mission Log. We will have rolled around to that movie <laughs> by then, because we only have the rest of DS9, Voyager, and Enterprise to go, and then we get to start over with the uh, JJ movies, right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's what I hear. I'm not sure. Hey, um, we got a little bit of business that we need to do here, um, but... Yeah. Give us a call. I lost the phone number. 646-558-8656. That's right. 646-558-8656. You give me the first number, John. Just give me the first number. The rest of it just rolls out. Yeah. Um, six. Or you can click the uh, <laughs> 46558-8656. Yeah, that's how that works. Yeah, um, yeah we, got a, we got a couple of things we want to hit. Um, I want to talk about, uh, there was the mention of Discovery a moment ago. Uh, there is sort of new Discovery coming in like a couple of weeks, kind of, that we're going to uh, tackle on this show. Uh, so we want to talk about how we're doing that. But of course, the first thing we want to do is spend some of your money for you. <laughs> how, how nice how kind of you can to do that and to prompt me to remind people about our shop you can find it at missionlogpodcast.com you go there on your web browser and you look up in the upper right hand corner and there's a, a, a list of things you can do there sure you could go to the archive you could look at shows but you could also click shop and that will take you over conveniently enough to our shop. And over there, you will find all the designs that Carl Huber has been making for us, as well as some classic designs. Ken, tell them what they can find there. Well, they can find the isolinear John and Ken. That is the two of us on a chip. Uh, well, on two separate chips. We're not that close. <laughs> um, carbon chauvinism is there uh, silicon supporters have their own shirt there that they could buy as well uh, your favorite lieutenant and mine lieutenant j is well represented there seriously we need those numbers to be bigger next year at stlv it was great to have the small army that we had it needs to be a bit bigger i think next year uh, bonk bonk on the head since 1966 nova squadron is represented at the ditalix mining corporation yes you can have your very own ditalix mining corporation shirt then we have some of our classic designs as well, ethos, pathos, and logos. You can be as cool as Kirk, and you can take a look at somebody's robot guts. And so all those designs at missionlogpodcast.com, you can get them on shirts, you can get them on mugs, you can get them on stickers and notebooks. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Carlos in the chat says, but are there wall coverings? Carlos, I'm here to help you out. You can get those designs on tapestries as well. Tons of stuff to check out. Make your own truly unique Trek-ish gear. Get yours today at missionlogpodcast.com. Crystal Star is our guest this evening. We'll be getting back to Crystal in just a moment. There was this other thing, though, that we forgot to do a bit earlier. Um, I think I was supposed to say it between one thing and another thing, and I forgot. Uh, short treks. Short treks, apparently, are a thing, and they are a thing that are coming, that is coming. They are a thing that is coming to a TV near you, provided you're subscribed to uh, CBS All Access. What are we looking at here, John? All right. So we, we've got four episodes, four short episodes coming up, and uh, they're going to start on Thursday, October 4th. And they're going to run the first Thursday uh, of every month, well, except for it looks like Calypso, which comes out on uh, Thursday, November 8th. Um, so that it, basically the within the first week of each month, October, November, December and January to get us prepped for the next round of Star Trek Discovery. So just kind of give you an idea, like the first episode is going to focus on Tilly. It'll be a Tilly-centric story called Runaway. 
second episode uh, is called Calypso. That's the one that is, uh, let's see, actually, I don't have the details for that one in front of me, uh, but we have a Saru-centric episode. That's the one coming in December. And then we've got the return of Harry Mudd in The Escape Artist on January 3rd. One of the things that's been really interesting to me about the new round of Star Trek, have you heard how involved Mark, Michael is, I always pronounce his name wrong, Shabon? Chabon, he's like he's turning up as a writer on these things i want to say the second one the one that we don't have the name for he actually wrote that one and he is also according to the picture that patrick stewart posted the other day um he's he's apparently in the room on whatever the jean-luc picard thing is if you don't know who michael chabon is he wrote i want to say it was the wonder boys with the novel that that movie was based on well he wrote the novel and of course the novel the movie was based on one of my favorite uh, novels that I've read in, in, well, I was going to say in recent years, but it's been about 10 years now, I guess, was The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay. It actually went on to win the Pulitzer, and it deals with a bunch of like really interesting, really neat nerd stuff, like the 1939 New York World's Fair, like the oh. birth of, of the comics industry. Uh, these guys, Cavalier and Clay, are sort of, I mean, they're nothing like uh, Siegel and Schuster, and yet they certainly share uh, things with Siegel and Schuster. Siegel and Schuster, of course, the guys who uh, who uh, who created Superman. Right. Uh, they they uh, um, anyway. I won't go into that novel, but uh, the point is, he is like he is a Pulitzer Prize winning author writing Star Trek. That that's not bad. How does that's, that happen? And, hey, I'll and, tell you. Oh, go ahead. Well, no, I mean, what I was going to say was, how does that happen? And then what kind of Star Trek do you end up with as a result? So, I mean, if I weren't already somewhat excited about the fact that there's new Trek, he he is just an amazing author. And and to to then say, okay, so so now put us 10 years before TOS. Okay, that'll be interesting. Well, and here's another interesting bit. The last episode, the Harry Mudd episode, is written by Mike McMahon. He is the guy who wrote the TNG season eight Twitter handle that then got compiled into a book, his sort of fantasy comedy version of uh, TNG season eight. He also happens to be out. Oh, there you go. Warped. It's called Warped. Yes. I, I, yep. I, I can't see my camera right now or I can't see the screen right now. But yes, it's, uh, it's on the, uh, the big shelf of track back here. So. Interesting. He, uh, he is also a writer producer on Rick and Morty, and I'm a big fan of Rick and Morty. So I, I fully expected him to bring some level of craziness, some level of unpredictability, uh, but intelligence because Rick and Morty is crazy, but it is a very intelligent show. Now, the other thing to let you know, obviously, with these short tracks coming out, uh, we're going to be talking about them here. Now, uh, they're only 15 minutes long, I think, because they are short tracks. Yes. So you're not talking about like a full episode necessarily, although I guess if it's a particular media, particularly media episode, we might be. But whatever the first Tuesday after October 4th is, we'll be talking about that first episode. Whatever the first Tuesday after November 8th is, we'll be talking about that. And whatever the first Tuesday after December 6th is, we'll be talking about that episode. And I believe you begin to see a pattern. <laughs> there was only one more. I could have just gone ahead and said it, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Earl Earl says, what kind of track did we wind up with when we had authors like Ted Sturgeon and Harlan Ellison writing scripts? Well, so they, there you go. When you had sci-fi writers like that writing on Star Trek, then, you know, maybe that's some indication. It's an interesting idea. Yeah. What I don't know is, I don't know if Shabon, uh, and I know I'm pronouncing his name wrong. I don't know if he's written science fiction. He's definitely, he's definitely expressed a love of science fiction. He's definitely expressed a love of that kind of geekery and nerdery in his writing. I, I, I'm fascinated by the fact that he was in the room on the Picard show that he's in the room on the Picard show. Now. I mean, I'm back and forth on how I feel about Jean-Luc Picard coming back. I mean, I'm excited about it no matter what, but how's it going to be? How's it going to go? I would read, I would read whatever he wrote. And then if he's saying, well, okay, tell you what, I'm going to write Star Trek. Okay. Well, I guess I'll watch whatever you write then. Anyway. So we're going to be talking about that stuff coming up. So, so get ready to start talking about discovery again, because that's happening a lot sooner than a lot of us thought. Yeah. Hey, uh, let's get back to our guest. She's patiently standing by. Say hello again to Crystal Starr. Thank you again for joining us tonight, Crystal. 
Uh, I, I want to talk about the convention experience a bit, because this is something that we haven't really gotten into yet. You, you go from a point of being a fan who's raised watching Star Trek, and then you, you kind of put that fandom into the real world, because then you start going to conventions. What, what was your first Trek convention? I know your first STLV was like three years ago, but you went to a Star Trek convention well before that. Oh, yes. I've been going to Trek conventions for a while. Um, my first one, um, I honestly didn't even know that conventions really, I, I knew that the Star Trek Las Vegas existed a while before I, in fact, in junior high, I wrote a paper on where you would like to spend your family vacation. <laughs> and I was like, Star Trek Las Vegas with my dad. Um, <laughs> um, and then, um, my first one, I guess was in, um, I guess in high high school, I was writing for the school paper and I heard that William Shatner was going to be at some convention in, in my hometown. And I was like, Oh my God, I have to get my dad to meet Shatner. And I did. And because I was working for the paper, we got to go in like a private room and got to like do a Q and a with him, like two on one. I got to bring my dad with me. And I was just like, <laughs> like I, was, I was freaking out. Um, and cause Shatner was like my dad's idol like Shatner was like my dad loved Shatner so much and um yeah it was just it was absolutely amazing and I'm and we got to ask him questions in the Q&A panel room with um before we did the interview and it was just I I, I think I asked him like how many women he kissed in the you know in the show <laughs> um because my dad always like my dad like loved the fact that he was a ladies man and um it was just it was so magical meeting him at the convention and having my dad meet him and then um from that point i was like okay goal i'm going to meet the entire living cast of tos and we did and uh check off was my last one so we got to um his autographs just right there <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah and and i i, I like cried ridiculous like happy tears when I met him and he was just so sweet. So Hey, oh, uh, very quickly, oh, well, we, we do have a caller, but, but before we get to Earl really quickly, uh, I, I just want to mention that we have somebody who's watching live right now, who is a, uh, a friend of the, the three of us. And that would be Scott Palm. He was very excited that you were coming on the show, Crystal, because he said that you helped him at STLV to become a Vulcan. Yeah, his first uh, but, cosplay. <laughs> yeah, okay. So uh, tell us just really quickly before we go to Earl about that. I'm curious. Okay, so um, so Scott came up and he really wanted to get on the bridge. And I thought that I could do that for him because I thought, you know, I thought that I had enough clout to make that happen. Um, and I probably could have if I, if I had just met the right person sooner. Um, but my goal was to, you know, to help Scott out. And then I, you know, I was talking to Scott. And I was like, Scott, I'm not sure if I can do that. And he was like, that's okay. You know, but I would love to cosplay. And I was like, why don't you become a Vulcan today? And he was like, you know, how I can't. And I was like, what? They're selling Vulcan ears. Let's get you a pair. And, um, so Scott, uh, yeah, we just, we went over there and, um, Scott is, um, you know, he needed assistance putting the ears on. So we busted the ears out and, um, I got Scott hooked up with some pretty awesome Vulcan ears on both sides. And I told them they were going to be painful, for the first time you're wearing them. And, and I think, I think he got to wear them for a few hours before he had, you know, had enough, but um, yeah, I've got a video of Scott and I with his first cosplay and um, it was pretty awesome. It's pretty, pretty awesome. And I think that he thoroughly enjoyed um, being a Vulcan for the day. Nice. <laughs> so thank you, Scott, for, you know, helping me help you. <laughs> Very good. Let's jump over to Earl, who is patiently standing by. Earl, I see what you're holding in your hands, and, and I think you're doing that just to make me green with envy. Really? Uh, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, oh, wait. Oh, oh, oh from, from my angle, it looked like it's... you were holding a model of Vincent, but now I see Vincent no, is... No, sure. no, no. Yeah. He's... Yeah, he's on there. Okay. My robot guts. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, an excellent choice. Excellent choice in shirt. Um, kind of jumping back to the question of uh, Michael Chabon, um, I remembered something from, I think it was uh, Judith and Garfield Stevens 
uh, Star Trek Phase Two book that at one point they and I I had to uh, Wikipedia this real quick so I could look up the author. At one point they had the author of Jonathan Livingston Seagull attached to one of the pre motion picture um, scripting attempts to do a Star Trek That's- movie as uh, Richard Bach. Richard Bach. That and is not surprising at all because Star Trek, the motion picture was so weird. And like, I mean, remember one of the biggest, one of the biggest moments in Star Trek, the motion picture is, is, is Spock holding Kirk's hand, right? Yes. That's, that's a big moment. And that's like, so when you say Jonathan Livingston Seagull, I'm like, yeah, I could, I could completely see that. So this, yeah, this simple kind of a... feeling is beyond features comprehension. <laughs> And scene. Yeah. <laughs> so there's kind of a history there. And, you know, there were numerous authors, I think, that were attached, you know, or not really attached is not the word. Um, you know, they were hoping they would write scripts during TOS that never got around to it. But, I mean, the fact that you got people like Norman Spinrad and Ted Sturgeon in there, that's, that's not a bad batting average. And... You know, we've had great science fiction turned out by people like Peter Allen Fields, who came to us from detective shows. So I'm, I'm well, eager. Gene Roddenberry what? came to us from what? Came from cop uh, from cop shows and, and western. Gone, yeah, yeah, have gone and lieutenant. Yeah, and yeah, and I don't know if anyone. I think I may be the only person in the room who's actually gone through and watched every episode of the Lieutenant. It's actually a good show that you can see where it leads directly to what Gene was doing in TOS because he had to move the venue into outer space. So he wouldn't have the network dropkick an episode because he was daring to talk about racism because there was an episode of the Lieutenant that never made it to air. That would have mm-hmm. been Michelle Nichols first screen credit. Yeah. But kind of veering back somewhat toward the main topic. I, uh, the cosplay thing is not for me. I have a I have a body type that uh, maybe I could do TOS Harry Mud, but I just don't want to be TOS Harry Mud. Uh, or I could be a Tellarite. But uh, I I admire the people who <laughs> I you admire can literally be anything you want to be. Yeah, I, I was going to say, Crystal, you got to jump in on this because yeah, I, I, I have seen I all, all people of all types do all costumes. Yeah, and I think like, that's kind of the beauty of it. If you wanted to do mirror, you know, mirror um, the mirror universe of um, Ahura, you you totally could. Like you could literally do, <laughs> do whatever you wanted to do. <laughs> Dude, a professional I just would take hold pictures. You I would love that. I mm-hmm. would love that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Challenge yes. accepted. Well, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Earl, I mean, Earl, I, me I, and you. I've me seen... and you next year, scants. All right. I'm bringing yes. the scant back. Uh huh. Yes, absolutely. I'm I sorry. Mean, Go ahead, Crystal. I, I've seen some very interesting body types do Slave Leia, and those are always my absolute favorites. Uh, Chris Gore does Slave Leia, and. Um, yeah, uh, you can Google that. <laughs> if you, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, I just brought it to a halt right there. <laughs> you, you, you won't be alone, Earl. I think that I think that people will flock to you and be so happy that you are empowering them to do their next cosplay as well. So I think that you'd be pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, someday I may actually work up the nerve. You know, if you need any help, you can totally reach out to me and I'll help you. (laughs) Thank you. There you go. Hey, actually, Adam in the chat says uh, for Crystal, what is your dream Star Trek cosplay? Is it one you've done uh, that you will do? (gasps) I'm uh, working on it right now, actually. Are you? So here's, I'm like, actually, I have a little thing (laughs) on my desk. Um, I was giving these out at Star Trek Vegas and it is um, (laughs) myself and a TOS swimsuit thing um so yeah i'm basically just uh sexifying it even further and uh it's actually what i will be taking to new york comic-con next week or the week after so um yeah we're working on that one right now (laughs) excellent very cool (laughs) yeah earl thanks so much man as always a pleasure to have you on and uh we'll see you soon okay thank you very much all right I like your toy collection, the Star Wars oh, and you. Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, uh, we got the lightning round coming up in just a moment. I'm sure John told Crystal all about the lightning round because that is one of the things that John does best. But, you know, see, in all that time that we talked, I yeah. uh, there are other things to talk about. So <sighs> that's too yeah. bad. One day, though, yeah. one day somebody's going to uh-huh. know that the lightning round is coming up. But, you know, as our viewers do, uh, before we get to that, though, I want to remind you really quickly when we are done here, I want you to stay right here. Because Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, is going to be starting just a few minutes after this show ends. Uh, every week, Elijah, Kana, and Anthony get together to talk about all kinds of Star Trek stuff. Do I think they're going to be talking about the short tracks? Oh, yes. I think they'll be talking about that. What else are they going to be talking about, though? Who knows? It is the news from the Star Trek universe, or multiverse, as they say, uh, uh, put on live every Tuesday night. And if you if you want to see how much mastery there is to the editing of that show, you should also download the show on Friday because the show on Tuesday is sort of like a freewheeling. Everybody have fun tonight. Dare I say everybody Wang Chung tonight? I don't know. Say it. Uh, but it's, it's like a freewheeling kind of thing. And then uh, Friday, what you get is this really like like really well crafted uh, audio show. So I say do both. But if you can't join them live tonight, uh, do be sure to go to podcast.roddenberry.com and click through and start downloading that show because, you know, we might talk about Star Trek news. No, no, no. They talk about Star Trek news every week. But coming up just a few minutes after this show, facebook.com slash priority one podcast, facebook.com slash priority one podcast, and tell them John sent you. And you, you can tell them I sent you too if you want, but tell them John sent you. And like all caps on John. John yeah, sent so that, That's how it is, huh? Okay. Yeah, there's no reason. It's just uh, something I was thinking about. So, uh, so Crystal, apparently, John did not mention to you that there's going to be a lightning round. But as I say to people who John forgets to tell, um, you grew up in the Western Hemisphere, it sounds like. So I'm assuming you have the idea of a lightning round. We throw a question at you. You fire back an answer as fast as you can, like lightning, one might say. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, I was going to say, John, why don't you kick us off? All right, I'll kick us off. Here we go, Crystal. Favorite starship? Constitution. Okay, all right. Uh, favorite episode? Oh, God. Could be any series, any, well, any Star Trek series, presumably, but, uh, but favorite, favorite episode? Oh, God, there's so many. I hate this. Um... <laughs> it's it's, it's seeming it, less are we, like lightning. Are, I know. So is it TOS? Favorite TOS? Sure, sure. sure. Pick a TOS. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. It's okay because I love short leave. Short leave. Far out. Okay. Okay. Uh, Board (laughs) queen. Yes or no? Uh, Yes. Okay. Uh, Favorite tech from Star Trek? Jordy, is he a tech? Is, does he count as a tech? Wow, that's really oh, interesting. Oh, like so you mean like yeah. a techie guy? No, I mean we were thinking in terms of like you know most people say replicator or most people say transporter. Oh, but I love no, I love I right. love no, no, that. That's right. cool. That's um, cool. Yeah, like a technician. I love that. Well, yeah. I, I do love the you know the ability. I love the episode where he's oh god, what's the episode next? And when he's talking about the um the race that you know kills off all the imperfect people and without them they wouldn't he wouldn't have been able to make his like oh, visor what is right that yeah um i'll get back to you in a week on that <laughs> <laughs> uh what, what's your favorite warp speed there are no wrong answers yeah i don't know Seven is seven a warp speed? Is seven. Seven, seven. Seven is, seven is a fine warp speed. That is a fine warp speed. All right. Uh, engineering, <laughs> engineering, science, or ops? Science. Right on. <laughs> Who's your favorite Star Trek antagonist? Um, depends on the episode. Does warp count as one if you depending on the episode? <laughs> oh, hmm. Depending um, on the episode, um, sure. He, I mean, he's if, a bit if you want, surly. he's a bit surly, and and many of them, yeah, yeah. I, I like that. Uh, date Lord. night, arboretum or Tun Ford? Ooh, probably Tun Ford. People watch. All right, 
And, good, uh, good. and and the last question, as is always the case, uh, have you ever been to Vulcan, Alberta, Canada? I don't think I know what that means. Okay, well, it's a, it's a place, and so I'm guessing the answer is no. Oh, have I been there? In <laughs> yeah, have you been? Yeah, Vulcan, no. Alberta. It's no. the, they, have a, they have a big thing <laughs> in the middle of the city, and apparently the town council dresses up like people from Star Trek. No what? lie. What? I know, right? I'm writing it down. Yeah. What's it called? Yeah. Uh, well, it's Vulcan it's is the name of the city, and it's in the province of Alberta, and it's in the country of Canada, it's which you'll find conveniently located upstairs from uh, the U.S. Right. No, I've never, I didn't even know, I never heard that. That's cool. Yeah. That's Glad I came on. Thanks for inviting me. I, that's yeah, what that's, I learned from this show. That's what we try to do. We try to, I, and it's only taken us 54 minutes, 55. We try to find one thing that we can inform our guest about. <laughs> Brandon, well, here, I'm just informed. Uh, Brandon says that Canada is America's hat. I've heard that. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that before. I, I don't think uh, Canada is really fond of that, but you know, yeah, whatever. We only have at least one Canadian I know and love watching the show right now. But whatever, <laughs> you know, let's make fun of her. Why not? Hey, um, we have like seriously about three minutes left, and I have a question because while we have focused on Star Trek, because this is a Star Trek podcast. I know a lot of your cosplay, a lot of your geekery, a lot of the other stuff that you do. I mean, you're not just like, there are a number of us who are just Star Trek geeks. You are, I mean, you're, you're heavy, into, heavy into geekery across the board. I'm curious, the same kinds of things that you look for in Star Trek, is that what drives you into other properties, characters, franchises? Yeah, for sure, 100%. I think that's why I've really taken a big step back from... Uh, I took a big step back from DC about uh, five years ago. Um, They're just too dark for me to teach my classes. Um, mm. And it just wasn't aligning with my beliefs of heroism. And I think that, you know, a lot of the, I love the Marvel books, um, but as far as the, as the movies go, they're just kind of like too action packed and they don't really get down to what being a hero is. Um, and I think with Star Trek, you have, um, you know, Jean-Luc is like one of my, you know, he's my favorite captain because of just this, he really is like the hero in most of the episodes. And he has such a great outlook on life and how to treat humanity. Um, so yeah, I, I really do try to find that in a lot of my other, um, fandoms. That's interesting because I mean, Superman, you sort of think Superman is always Superman, but you're right. You get to things like man of steel or something. I mean, it does become incredibly dark. I mean, it, it when, well, kind of like Star Trek discovery got a bit dark, but you, you're still, you're still a fan of Kirk. You're still a fan of Picard. I mean, is there, is it tougher to, is it tougher to sort of reach back on some of them because things get so dark or, I mean, you're just sort of like, well, at least we always have the golden age, literally and figuratively. Yeah, we we will always have the golden age. And I think that's what makes Star Trek Star Trek, to be quite honest. Um, and yeah, I I really hope the new stuff with, um, with Patrick Stewart is more family friendly. I really hope that they don't continue this dark dive into... Um, non-family friendly territory. I, I would love, I would love to be able to have children and watch Star Trek always. I would love to always have that to fall back on. And I think it would be a huge tragedy and a, a, a giant mistake for the franchise to continue to continue down this dark um, hole. I know um, we we're, we're just coming right up close to the end. Uh, can we uh, go ahead and ask Crystal though? And uh, maybe we can put Crystal's contact information up. I want to make sure that we actually say it because so often we put it up on the screen and we forget to let people know that hey, there are words on the screen. Um, <laughs> but if we don't have that, Crystal, if if people wanted to find you online, if people want to sort of uh, follow you, what are the best places, best ways to do that? So I live on Instagram, so you can find me at Starfleet Academy with two R's. My name is Crystal Star, and Star is spelled with two R's. Um, if, if you want to get a hold of me, I think that's probably the best way to do it. I don't really check Facebook that often, and I never log on on Twitter. Um, so I think Instagram is your best bet. So either, you know, Star Trek or Starfleet Academy or Star Crystal Star Wars. Don't hate me. Um, but yeah, those are, I have two, inst I have like five Instagram accounts, but those are, those are the ones I check pretty frequently. Great. And you mentioned uh, New York Comic Con and uh, yes. you have more conventions coming up after that. Uh, you, you said you hit a lot in a year. 
Yes. So this year I'm actually trying to do more uh, vacays to LA or to wherever. Um, Colorado and California are really where I'd like to spend most of my time this year. Um, But yeah, I think New York Comic Con and then I've got Dallas Comic Con the week right after that. I may or may not hit hit back um, to LA Comic Con uh, like the end of October. That's just a lot of traveling and I love my dog. So that's kind of hard. And then um, November and December are my no-no like no conventions. Those are like my time to recharge as a human being. So, <laughs> but yes, I do. Right. I do typically go to quite a few conventions a year. Coincidentally, Ken recharges as a robot. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Thank you for coming on. Crystal really appreciate it. Mission log live is produced by Roddenberry entertainment, executive producer, Rod Roddenberry technical production on mission log live is by infinity networks producer, Brandon Bradley. Be sure to visit podcast.roddenberry.com for the latest from the Roddenberry podcast network, including not just mission log, but also women at warp priority one and the Trek files. Thank you to everyone who joined us live or later. And we will talk to you next week. podcast.roddenberry.com The Roddenberry Podcast Network